Welcome to the Millennial Career Playbook's company interview series, which focuses on corporate cultures worth knowing about if you're a job-seeking millennial or simply enjoy working in millennial-friendly environments. This series offers you company-specific information you won't find anywhere else, helping you decide if a particular firm is a great fit for you, and also offering you tips on how to most effectively land a job with the company. I'm Debbie Woldrich, CEO of outsource training company TTC Innovations, which specializes in providing corporations with customized millennial-focused training solutions. Hosting this series with me is best-selling author Haya Bender, whose credits include five dummies books and a complete idiot's guide, and articles for the New York Times. Please frequently visit our The Millennial Career Playbook website at tmcpb.com, as we're always adding new interviews and other content. Joining Hi and I today are Brent Bultema and Grace Gorenge, who work for world-renowned health organization Mayo Clinic. Can you explain what Mayo Clinic does? Mayo Clinic, it's the world-class, renowned institution that delivers hope and healing to people with regard to their health care. Another part of Mayo Clinic is we are a destination medical center, which means that we just don't serve a geographical area, but we are a destination for people to come for hope and healing from all over the world. I think Grace hit the nail on the head. Maybe one other thing I would point out that is incredibly important to us at Mayo Clinic, it's referenced in our logo. We call it a three-shield practice. The larger shield in the center of our logo does stand for the patient care, that's during support, that patient care shield. And those shields are reflective of our research, and the other shield reflect of our education. And that is core to our recruitment, that three-shield. It's important to say we are an academic medical center. In the education shield, we have a medical school and residency and fellowship programs. What you know is an academic medical center, a teaching institution where we develop the future physicians and scientists and other allied health professionals, as well as deliver solutions. Brent and Grace, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and the role that you have at Mayo Clinic? I'm the administrative leader from leadership and organization development. I have enterprise responsibilities. So we have over 60,000 employees at multiple sites for succession planning, talent management, leadership development. Then I have responsibility for a core employee development, so the core curriculum and career development resources for all employees. And I'm Brent Baltima, Director of Allied Health Recruitment for Mayo Clinic. Allied Health Recruitment, as, as we define it, and, and probably in its simplest terms, are any other staff aside from our physicians and, and scientists, which does still come out to be a bulk of that 60-plus thousand that, that Grace referenced. And just prior to this position, was director for a group we called Recruitment Strategies, which lives largely in the world uh, still relating to this topic of how do we use employment branding and talent drivers to relay our value to desired and sought-after talent market. Are there any stories that you have that exemplify what Mayo Clinic does and how it, it serves the public? I was just going to relate to that question from a recruitment standpoint, hi, and one of the most incredible personal stories I hear frequently when we're out recruitment, whether it's in our backyards of Minnesota, Arizona, Florida, Wisconsin, Georgia, et cetera, or whether it's on one of the coasts or somewhere in between. When we start talking about Mayo Clinic, the candidate or whoever we engage almost stops us first and says, 
I had such an incredible experience with Mayo Clinic. While they themselves might not have directly from a patient care standpoint, inevitably they talk about their father or their mother or grandparent or a neighbor relative who went somewhere else, tried to find the answers, tried to find someone who could help integrate all of the care that they required. And they struggled to get those answers or to, to find exactly the right combination of therapies to help them. And so they were almost at their end and they, they decide, you know what, I'm going to go to Mayo Clinic. And they inevitably end up talking about the staff how caring the staff is, how the staff went out of their way to help the patient and their family, how they got answers and treatment and a path forward from Mayo Clinic that they had struggled years to find or to achieve. And it's those stories that directly result in successful recruitment efforts. When you have that type of engagement with the brand, and certainly pick your favorite brand from a consumer standpoint, whether it's Apple or Amazon, et cetera, but healthcare goes beyond. It touches those heartstrings, and we hear that conversation every day when we're recruiting, and that is so incredibly powerful for somebody to have that type of personal and emotional connection, and then for them to proceed to say, and I want to be part of something like that. Just recently, I had a gentleman wanting to talk with somebody in HR who could tell us how it happened that he got consistently the quality of care, and he knew our mission was the need to the patient come first, and he wanted to know, how do you do that there? How did you accomplish that? He brought his wife for something that she had been to numerous places, numerous physicians, had all kinds of tests, and they could not give her an answer. And within three days, she had an answer here. He wanted to know what we call the secret sauce. From the moment they parked their car to the moment that they left, how did you get all those employees to do what they did and to be so caring, so effective, so efficient? I think just like Brent said, it's the brand and it's the place that people come and they have no idea not only can we help them medically, but the kind of experience that they're going to have. I've been here four and a half years. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and so my husband started getting his health care here. And he called me the first time when he came down for a minor little problem. And he said, who are those people? <laughs> I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I think we do have this primary value and we figured out a way to develop our staff and to support it in the culture at all levels. Can you also talk a little bit about the educational part? Because I don't know if there's anybody who hasn't accessed the website at one point or another to figure out some kind of medical issue. Mayo basically invented social media for healthcare. <laughs> we have a social media conference every year for healthcare that where we help others to develop those skills. But the hits and the interactions that we have with patients and consumers and everybody out there through social media is pretty incredible. 
think that's an important insight, Hi, and, and that we realize given where Mayo Clinic is located, we're not uh, on every retail block by any means, only in a handful of states. We realize not everybody perhaps needs to come to a bricks and mortar hospital. Not everybody needs to necessarily be referred for certain specialty care, but everybody has certain care needs. And certainly we create those opportunities for individuals to be referred to or, or to visit Mayo Clinic. But that extension, Mayo wants to be accessible to everybody for health and well-being. And so the patient information on .org is a vital part of being accessible to everyone. Am I correct that you have a service where you provide expert medical advice to doctors? In other words, you're like a go-to source for doctors? We have something internally called Ask Mayo Expert, and it's a knowledge management system for all of the Mayo Clinic knowledge and assets that we have relative to health and wellness called Connected Care Network. We now have 33, I believe, affiliates across the United States where they enter into a relationship with Mayo to have access to Mayo Clinic knowledge and resources. That may take the form of an e-consult. It may take the form of they refer a patient here. It may take the form of access to Ask Mayo Expert. And then in the knowledge database, when you want to find out what the standard of care is for a stroke, for example, it's all there. And then at the very end, if you need contact with a Mayo Expert, it gives you a contact as well. Brenton Grace, what do you think makes Mayo Clinic such a popular company for millennials? You know, millennials have been tagged with a lot of characteristics, some fair, some unfair. But I think something that is very appropriate and they're very proud of and they are helping to drive from an employment standpoint is their desire to connect and be part of a mission-driven organization, a place, a role, a company that helps the greater good, helps society. And at Mayo Clinic, the tone is set very early. Prior to day one, it's within our recruitment, it's within our behavioral interviewing and screening, certainly within orientation and beyond. Primary value, quote unquote, the needs of the patient come first, are so ingrained in what we do it goes far beyond just being a mission statement. It is that one criteria by which almost any committee decision to be made is weighed against. Does this help the patient? And when you have that at the very bedrock of what you as an organization do, that's a powerful message. And then when you combine it with the research that helps to prevent or cure diseases for society, our educational efforts to help diffuse Mayo's knowledge and training, and then finally that specialty care that we provide every day, we have a very strong value proposition that fits very well with the millennials and their desire to change the world and better the place that they live in. Needs of the patient come first and that connection with the greater good and being part of something bigger than yourself is something that we certainly connect with all potential candidates. And I think that's why we have the type of people here that, to Grace's point in her stories, always help provide that unparalleled experience for our patients. But for millennials, that's such a natural fiber and it's part of who they are. It's part of what they want to be.
I completely agree with that. If you look at the millennial engagement research, working for a values-driven organization that has a deep purpose is really, really important to millennials. I would say building on that, another really important differentiator for millennials is they want a place where they can continue to learn, grow, and develop their career. And Mayo Clinic has very low turnover, and I found it fascinating as I've learned and listened to people's stories. They'll say, I've had four different careers while I was at Mayo Clinic, and I never had to leave. For people who are motivated, want to learn, grow, and develop, there's always challenging work to do that will help you grow and develop, and there are always opportunities. And so I think that should be and is attractive to millennials. How open are managers to allowing employees to step in and learn a little bit about other areas within the company? I think that it's a necessity now, and that's the messages that we are sending for managers. I call it a talent mindset. That means if you are not growing, developing, giving visibility, giving people opportunities, number one, either stay in your departments if that's what you want, because they'll go and find, get it anywhere, or they will leave the organization and find it. I think the millennials will push us to continue to move toward the direction of that talent mindset because it won't be okay anymore to not do that. It's an expectation of all managers to coach people on their development and support them in achieving their goals and finding the opportunities they want in the organization because if you pull back on that, they're going to leave you anyway and you won't be successful in retaining the talent that we need for the future. So Mayo, one of our core values is teamwork and collaboration. And so another reason why millennials like to come here is because they thrive here is because of the teamwork and collaboration. The last thing I would say is about work-life balance, because we know from the engagement research on millennials that that's also really important to them. I think that given that we are about health and well-being, more so than in other organizations, now I want to provide a caveat to that in a moment, but there's an awareness of the importance of work-life balance. The caveat is that healthcare, given the rate of change and given the demands, particularly for our physicians and other providers, right now is experiencing a high level of burnout. I don't want to just sweep that under the carpet, so to speak, because that's really a very critical issue. But overall, for our organization, I would say there's a strong value around work-life balance. Are there some things that Mayo Clinic is putting into place to address some of those burnout issues? Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm the person to talk to you about it, right? Brent's Absolutely. I mean, Take it away, Grace. I've been working on this for close to two years now since our last staff survey that showed we are no longer above average. We're actually average when it comes to burnout in physicians. We had caught up to the national average. 40% of physicians nationally describe themselves as burned out, so we're like everybody else. 
our executive committee, which we call our Board of Governors, chartered a team to address the burnout. We've been working on that since. We have a whole initiative around it. We just got some pulse survey results, which shown we're very encouraging that we have moved the dial a bit on it. And we'll, it's continuing to be a really, really important issue here. So we're not complacent about that. Mm-hmm. We're Mayo Clinic. If not us, then whom, right? Who's going to make a difference? And we really believe it's a chance for us to make a difference in this space. And so other healthcare organizations can see what we've done and perhaps learn from it. You mentioned low turnover. Do you happen to know what retention rates are? Yeah, annually, we're usually between 5 and 7%, which is typically less than half the industry average. And that's a pretty tried and true number. And I always say in such conversations, the number one reason why we succeed in recruitment is because of the staff that we currently have. Yes, they absolutely turn over at a much lower rate than the industry, but also it's because of the screening processes, the ability to get quality on the front end. The lack of turnover just enables us to maintain so much more consistency, whether it's with our processes or whether it's with our leadership and succession planning or certainly with patients when you look at it from a direct care provider standpoint. Do you know how many people end up being hired? There's an internal and an external hire rate, obviously, and and I'll mention that, again, that number, and, and it can fluctuate greatly by year, but typically we're somewhere in between four and 5,000 hires per year, but it's important to remember that usually 60 to 70% of that is internal hires. So when Grace referenced that ability to have multiple careers within one organization, the the way in which we develop staff, encourage them to grow and to have different experiences and to leverage their skills and abilities in other roles throughout the organization. That's why that internal number is such a high percentage where other organizations might be the other way around where only 40% of their hires are internal. But we do have a lot of that internal movement. So Anywhere between three and 4,000 of a 5,000 figure might be internal movement. What types of programs does Mayo Clinic offer for mentorship? Speaking from my own career, just the ability to have all of this plus some educational courses in-house, some formal and informal mentoring opportunities, to have all of that right here versus having to go somewhere else and obtain that and try to figure out how that will apply within the Mayo Clinic culture. It's incredible. My wife being on the patient care side here at Mayo Clinic, you know, she doesn't need to go to other conferences necessarily or travel to obtain this knowledge. A lot of it's right here. A lot of highly respected physicians and care providers that are providing these continual medical education opportunities and credits. So Mayo has a lot of resources, invests in a lot of these resources to make sure that our staff are trained to deliver that best care every day. There are things that I could go to just about every hour of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's just not enough time to take advantage of all the education. Brent mentioned mentoring, and I forgot this part. It's just kind of in the beginning stages. We've had it for about a year. We call it open mentoring, where mentors fill out a profile, 
and people who are available and want to mentor. And then mentees, people who are looking for a mentor can go in and search and match themselves up and reach out to find a mentor. So we really encourage people to build their network. But if people want for whatever reason, still need access to a mentor. We're trying to really kind of build this open access to mentoring, and it's really up to the individual to go in and do that. I want to ask a very basic question. If someone joins Mayo Clinic, do they get full health benefits? Some of the best in the world, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, country because we're not Scandinavia, so in the country. We have a defined pension plan. We have 403B, you know, like a 401K. We have access to the best health care in the planet. We're one of the best that there is with regard to benefits. Yeah, and it goes far beyond that. It's everything else Mayo does to take care of me and my family. It's those days where I feel I can't miss work, but I've got a child with a fever, can't go to daycare, can't go to school. And depending on location, it's certainly not universal in every community that we're in, but we have a sick child care center for Mayo employees that can take their children to a backup daycare center. If school is out or daycare is closed, I can take my child to that backup daycare center. I have a healthy living center just across the street where they have cooking demonstrations on how to cook and eat healthier. I can go grab a, a quick workout or a yoga class, etc. So it's everything else they do to help you stay healthy. But certainly if you are ill or have a condition, boy, the best medical care you can get is just down the hall. What programs are in place to support open door policies? Let me give one example, Grace, you probably have a lot of others or maybe a better global response, but something that I think a lot of organizations find daring or perhaps risky, but something that's very real and live within Mayo Clinic is whenever we have an item posted on our intranet site, it might be a new program or a change in a certain policy. Every article and every page on our intranet site that is, is newsworthy acts as a blog. It can be as simple as a thumbs up or I'm not so sure I like this, but a lot of times it is, what about this? How about doing it this way? And so just the ability to allow employees to voice their opinions, voice their ideas, it's not just within a work unit. It can be more broad on a stage like that. But boy, we had a, a large initiative and it still continues today and, and with leadership saying, how can we work differently? And from the CEO having all staff meetings and taking ideas, taking questions, being able to email him directly if it's not work unit specific. Just a lot of forums for employees to give their thoughts, give their opinion, give their ideas. I think that uh, since one of our eight core values is innovation and if you look at what Mayo does just in medical care, healthcare alone in terms of the innovation, I think that this idea of being open and combine that with the collaboration. We have a standard format that we call SBAR. S stands for situation, B is background, A is your assessment, and R is your recommendation. And it's an opportunity for people to frame up some of their concerns, their ideas, their creativity, and find a way to present their ideas to advance them. The other thing, we have the Center for Innovation, which is known worldwide. It's one of the first innovation centers within healthcare. And they have 
other opportunities. They have funding programs where they select people who have innovative ideas and they support them in studying and planning and implementing their ideas. The Center for Innovation is very closely aligned with the clinical practice, and it's an opportunity for people to bring ideas about how to improve patient care. For example, they're working on something called MARS right now, which literally means going to Mars, but it's creating the outpatient practice of the future. And they test it with real patients and real staff and then take their learnings and continue to iterate and innovate. So I think there's a culture of innovation here. And I think that there are numerous opportunities for people to share their best ideas and their best thinking. And I think that's one of the benefits of being part of an organization that is so steep in research. You have to have a natural curiosity. You know, I've heard from other folks who've come from other organizations saying that in other places, perhaps knowledge is power and they keep it close to their vest for personal gain. Boy, again, when the needs of the patient come first, you release that rather than harness it and you share that. You share those ideas and you leverage and you make them better because you're working as part of a team that will make that even better. We believe that the best way that people grow, learn, and develop is through work doing a job, real life experience. And we have all the supplementary mentoring and coaching and programs and et cetera. But number one is we want people to focus on developing by taking on successively increasing, challenging, and complex work assignments. And so we do that through several ways. Number one, you absolutely have to perform in your current role. And then you build a career plan and make sure that you build your network and share that with your manager. Then when roles open up, people have the opportunity to apply for them internally. We are just launching this fall a formalized internal rotation program for internal emerging talent and future watch talent where we will very formally give them three eight-month rotations over a two-year period to get them exposure and visibility and experience in other areas. We will have an internal rotation program. We wanted to get more intentional about it because we need just as we've been talking about, we know that millennials expect that. And so we've responded with an internal rotation program. We already have an external program that we recruit hires out of master's in healthcare administration programs, and it's a two-year fellowship program. So it will mirror a bit internally what we do for new external hires from our master's in healthcare programs. Then a manager and an employee, a millennial, also have the option, and we do a lot of these, where we do hybrid assignments. So they are in a current role, and they might do a 0.25 FTE or a 0.5 FTE of another role. So they get exposure and experience in another area, but don't give up their permanent role. We are just also, again, in response to millennials joining and also just because it's a part of our overall leadership development strategy, we are preparing a strategy around aspiring leaders. So people who aren't yet in a leadership role but want to start building their skills prior to those opportunities being presented. For other opportunities, you know, we of course have everything once somebody's in a formal supervisor or manager role, we have all of the education and development that they need for their leadership then throughout the leadership pipeline. We do have our talent management process where 
We work with leaders to identify future watch and emerging talent in their groups. So we have a whole process of reviewing the talent, understanding who we think has the leadership potential. And so those people, as we identify them, also have some access to sort of a priority to get assignments and projects to work on. Brent said that I wanted to comment on something because I learned this when I came and it just never ceases to amaze me. There's so many inventions and innovations that Mayo is responsible for that the world doesn't even know about and primarily because we just gave them away or we started using with patient care and then gave them to somebody else to use for patient care. For example, we invented cortisone. Mayo Clinic docs or researchers invented cortisone, and we never made a penny off of it. We basically gave that formula away to be used by whomever. They take a little sample of your tissue and they do something called a frozen section. That's like a standard in healthcare, and that was invented at Mayo Clinic, and everybody uses it. And there's numerous other examples of that. Do you have any tips for someone who maybe is still in school and how to best prepare for a successful career at Mayo Clinic? There's a few best practices that are definitely relative, not just for millennials, but others in the workforce. And certainly if you're still a high school or college student, it's seek to gain those insights and experiences as to how your position or how your interests will align with the, the organization or what opportunities would even be available. We start as early as the middle school to create that insight for students. So as they get to senior high school, they can start taking courses in high school that will prepare them for college rather than waiting to get to college to figure out what they want to do. Or if you're in college, we offer any given year hundreds of internships in a variety of departments to provide that insight as well or opportunity for students to shadow a professional to confirm their career, their major choices. So that's the first part is do the research on not just the organization, but also the career interest rather than waiting until you enter the workforce to determine if, is this what you truly want to do day to day? Because it has to be something that is going to inspire you day to day. But I think what's most importantly for millennials or, or otherwise is with so much of the application process now happening online, you have to break through the clutter. And I think there are some very simple ways to do that, but ways in which many folks don't do. One is create a personal connection. And at Mayo, you can do that a number of ways. Certainly, we list the recruiter's name on every job posting, so you can go out there. You can contact the recruiter directly. We don't hide them behind uh, some technology. We want individuals to know up front, to ask those questions, to know if they're going to be a good fit. Another way is to engage via social media. Certainly, we have a presence on Facebook and on LinkedIn and, and Twitter, not just to promote careers at Mayo Clinic, but also, again, to be accessible. And boy, with LinkedIn, everybody's probably no more than two or three connections away from uh, somebody who works at Mayo Clinic or used to. So use those social connections to find out what it's like to work at Mayo Clinic or to connect with somebody who's already here. And finally, it's important, obviously, to portray in your online application resume the skills and education, those basics. I think that's what everybody screens for. But above and beyond that, 
to identify within your resume some of those characteristics and qualities that you're looking for. Not just that you excel at teamwork, but provide an example or a project that was successful that demonstrates how you've successfully functioned within a team or your connection to mission as it relates to your past experiences, whether those are volunteer or career related. So really take that traditional standard dry resume, make it come alive by identifying to the values of the organization. And those that really stand out in our application process, take the time to do that on the front end. And if they can do that on the front end, it's very easy for them to do at the interview stage when they come in and it's a behavioral based interview. They then excel at that as well. Thank you. That's a wonderfully complete answer. And if someone manages to get hired by Mayo Clinic, do you have any tips to what he or she can do to enjoy a long and successful career? We are a physician-led organization. The physician leaders work in partnership with administrators or administrative leaders. So I think something that's really important for a a successful career here comes back to teamwork and partnering and collaborating. If you're somebody that wants to be a king of your own kingdom or a queen of your own queendom or whatever it might be, you probably won't be successful here. We expect everybody to perform, to do, just as we talked about, the put the needs of the patient first to demonstrate leadership no matter what level you're at and to do that in a collaborative way and your chances of success are very high. But if you're someone who wants to be the best, prove that you're better than other people, get further faster than, you know, this culture doesn't support that. And we screen and source and interview to make sure that people come here that want to work within those core values. Other academic medical centers, for example, physicians become chairs for life. They are the chair of their department. Most of them don't even see patients anymore. And they are the chair. That's their leadership role. At Mayo Clinic, we have eight-year terms on all key leadership roles. And then you rotate. And in their case, you typically rotate back into the practice. And that's the very idea that you come out of the practice and you put the needs of the patient first. You lead with that in mind. And then that's where you go after your leadership role is complete. So it's that whole idea of rotating people continuing to make sure they grow, learn, and develop, but in a way that fits within our culture and our core values. Deeply appreciate the wonderful information from both of you. You both obviously have very deep experience and are really passionate about what you do. Really appreciate you sharing. Likewise. Uh, Thank thank you. I just want to, Brent and Grace, thank both of you for sharing the information about Mayo Clinic and the amazing place that it is to work. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Hi, and I thank you for listening to this interview. Please frequently visit our The Millennial Career Playbook website at tmcpb.com as we're always adding new interviews and other content designed to help you find a job or enhance your career. Mm -hmm.